My youngest daughter is super shy. Our son Will has that fiery personality. The polar opposite of me. Yeah, his personality couldn't be probably farther from mine. A little bit obstinate. Not at all like me. Well, maybe a little bit like me. Well, your children have different personalities, and today you'll hear why that is and what you can do about it. Your host on this Focus on the Family broadcast is Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. And John, God has wired each of us uniquely, and uh, studying personality types is such an insightful way to grow as a parent. It's something I've been in tune with uh, over the years, but it does help us to know our children better, and that's the key, to know their heart and to lead them in that way. There's power in personality. I think it's God-given, and it's also interesting. It's very finite uh, to the point where models can be built around this. There's about four personality types, and then you know there's an infinite way that those combinations work, but there's basically four core things, and we're going to discover how to think of these differently, especially in the life of your child today. And our guest is Hetty Britz, who joins us once again, and she was here last time talking about understanding your personality as a parent. Today, she'll extend those ideas to your children and how personality is a factor. She's written a book called Growing Kids of Character, Nurturing Your Child's Potential, Purpose, and Passion. Uh, Beyond being an author, Hetty is a speaker and really one of the foremost voices in uh, offering parenting advice from a biblical perspective in South Africa. And she and her husband, Louie, have three children. Hetty, welcome back to Focus. Thank you. So good to hear your wonderful accent. Now, you're you're (laughs) transplanting. You're actually living in Tennessee now, I believe, right? We are. That's got to be a little of a culture change for you, coming from South Africa to Tennessee. (laughs) I I think the first time it was, but we've had the honor of being back and forth probably 10 times. So we have friends in a church there, and we feel right at home. Hmm. And I have spent, I think I made 30, 35 trips to South Africa. I love the country. I pray for the country and the families of that country. There are some great parents in South Africa, honestly. I learned a lot about parenting through friends of mine there. And I just Mm -hmm. love kind of some of that casual observation. Uh, Many people in South Africa do it almost as second nature. Why is that? Why do you think a culture (laughs) learns to understand their kids in that way? I think fathers have been involved um, for many generations, and I think there is an intentionality about parenting when you're in a country where things are tough. Yeah. You believe that temperament is part of the soul's DNA, and I agree, but how do we come into this world pre-stamped by God? What do you think's happening? Well, he dreams us up. He, he has a, a plan. And I think it's so important for him that we follow that plan, that he, he builds in a little bit, bit of a compass and he magnetizes it and he gives each one of us our true north. And then he takes great joy in seeing how parents accompany their kids in the right direction. Yeah. He planned everything he made. There is design in everything in, in creation that points to purpose. I agree. So if we are purposed, then we have to be designed. Yeah, and I love that. And Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> you you uh, mentioned there that in the book you didn't feel uh, becoming a mom for the first time that you were emotionally ready. Now, every <laughs> woman that's pregnant for the first time is saying, that's me, that's me. Nobody, husband or wife, father or mother, feels emotionally ready or practically ready to be the the parent they want to be. How did that hit you? I actually thought I was ready, but I didn't know how hard it would be to parent a child who is the opposite of what I am. (laughs) Um, I didn't even think about personality. 
I looked for a problem in myself or a problem in my daughter when we didn't get along. And when she didn't respond to my authority style, I assumed that there was a problem in her or there was a problem in the way I disciplined. And actually, all of the answers or most of the answers were locked up in the in, in my design and her design that were just clashing monumentally. Now, think of that. That's really critical because what you're saying is people are wired a certain way and that communication approach tends to create tension, certainly between parents and their children. I can vouch sure. for that. How about you, John? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, the interesting thing with that is being adult enough to understand it and then applying some practical ways to get around that and to manage it, right? <laughs> yes, because we are the adult in the room, so we are the one Most of the time. who needs to. <laughs> yes, that's the ideal. That's the dream. So we need to adapt, and that doesn't mean always giving a child what they want, but it it does mean discerning the core needs of each child so that we know my child feels loved. And when my child feels loved, I can bring in the discipline. I can even bring in the correction, yeah. um, stern correction. I can bring in high expectations. I can do all of those things, but only when my child knows I'm loved the way I am, I'm understood, I'm welcomed, I'm really adopted, <laughs> to it, use that word. Yeah, which I love. And in the book, uh, Growing Kids with Character, you mentioned three basic principles that parents need to be aware of. Well, we need to be open to God shaping us as much as He is shaping our children. So okay, that's really okay. You got to say that again. You're being really too <laughs> yeah. soft with that. Very nice. Okay, so we do not have the right to shape our kids unless we are willing to be shaped by God. And that's true in parenting. You will be shaped if you're willing, yeah. or you will be broken. Mm. That's correct. Because it is going to be hard. God deals with our pride through parenting over and over again. It's part of our sanctification, this journey. Right. And the more different our kids are to us, the more intense the sanctification. Well, let's get into it because, I, again, I think your book, Growing Kids with Character, you point to four trees. You use the trees as an analogy or a metaphor for our personality characteristics. So let's get into that. Why did you choose trees? to describe the human mm -hmm. beings and their personalities. Uh, give us that kind of overview before we get into the mm -hmm. four specifics. I think uh, I wanted to get as far away from a box as I possibly can because we don't want to label people, put them in boxes and ship them off somewhere. We want to acknowledge growth and dynamics and uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen two trees that are the same. They can be from the same species, but they're not going to be the same size, shape. They're going to behave differently in the weather, and they're going to go through seasons. So that's why trees. So um, for us, we're human, but we have different expression. That's what you're saying. Uh, absolutely. Yep. Um, so let's start with the palm tree. Okay. The palm tree is the very jovial, happy person. Think palm trees and hula girls and pink drinks on the beach. This is more <laughs> or less their world. Uh, if it doesn't fit in Hawaii, it's probably not going to fit into their That's um, a schedule good, for the today. Beach in Hawaii, you know, yeah. kick back, having fun, yes, kind of life of the party people. Definitely. And so these kids are high energy. You're going to get fit and skinny running after them as a mom. So you can shake <laughs> off the baby pounds by <laughs> having a palm tree kid. That'll keep you busy. Uh, talkative, lively. They're the ones who come up with all of these creative ideas when you want to put them to bed at night because they are not about sleep. They feel like that would be a waste of time. There are places to go and people to is this, mess with. <laughs> is this palm tree child, is yes. uh, a description for that child a very talkative child? Definitely. One that's always saying, why this, why that? Not in a, in a, a fighting <laughs> way, but in an interesting way. They're interested. Tell me, they Mommy, why is this curious. this? 
very curious and, and their questions are hard to answer. Uh, there's another type that asks the difficult why questions, the confrontational why questions, and, and those are the rose bushes. Okay. I, I, there was a period there where I considered to use cacti as an as an image for these kids because they are very prickly well, let's and l- tough yeah so tough we're going to get to the rose bush but let's finish out the palm tree oh you want more about uh, that yeah uh, okay. in terms of what a palm tree child needs most from a parent mm. yeah um let's because people are going up oh, i got the palm tree now as the parent <laughs> the mom or dad yeah. of the palm tree what do i need to be mindful of what mm. does that child need from me the talkative life of the party kid mm. who's got more energy than i can keep up <laughs> with who keeps me running keeps me fit as you said this is a child where the, the door in with this child is play they want to be celebrated and they want to have fun with you. And it breaks our speed, we feel. We think, oh, no, you know, I've got stuff to do. I can't play right now. But the good news <laughs> for them is their attention span is short. It's going to be five <laughs> minutes and they'll be over. They won't hold it against you. <laughs> no, their, their little love tank fills up fast. Um, so five minutes of really fun, active play with them and you're in. And then their ears open up and their heart open up. And then yeah. you can teach. If you'll make it short and sweet and not too preachy, it'll go in. You know, if, And if you can spice it up with a little bit of humor, they'll actually hear you. And you need to touch them. You need to connect physically with this kid. They are wired in a sensual mm. and sensory way. They need to have an experience. They need to feel the love. So you can slobber all over this kid. <laughs> well, we don't want to promote slobbering, but yeah, especially during flu season or whatever. I don't know, but um, that communication is important, and that's really what you're saying, Hetty. Is you're you're recognizing your child's communication style, how they're wired. That's what we're talking about, and how important it is for a parent to be mature enough to not keep coming back fighting, but to understand how your child Mm. communicates what they need from you. And this is what we're talking about. Uh, Hetty, this is good stuff again. I don't want to move away from the palm tree until we finish the next question, which is the parent disciplining the palm tree. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's where we're all living, right? How do we discipline this palm tree, this social person who... Talk, 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 runs around the house, wants us to play, play, play. Impulsive. Yeah, I mean... I think I was that child. I was kind of that palm tree child. I think one woman said, a friend of my mother's when I was little said, you've got diarrhea of the mouth. That really hurt my feelings. I mean, but it, it yeah. shows you uh, I talked a lot. And now you're in radio. <laughs> I didn't want to make that connection. Yeah. See, but, that was a design for a purpose. There was right. nothing wrong with that. But I was obviously irritating her. <laughs> uh, that, that could have been. We do a lot of physical discipline with this child, and I don't mean punishment. I mean, we remove them from ceiling fans. We take them off the jungle gym because they initially cannot control themselves. So we need to control them um, Mm. with a smile on the face, but with a little bit of firmness. So the little ones are being collected from wherever they are. You can't scream them from where they've gotten onto the pulpit at church back to the pew. You cannot do that. You have to leave and go get them because the moment you get loud, they'll scream back and involve (laughs) the whole congregation. So go get them, pull them out of their social environment, and that's what will make an impact And that touching them when you speak to them, that's important to keep the discipline um, very practical. An important key with them is that they are influenced by friends. So where you can really put in effort is by making sure you supervise who they are with. You're aware where they are because they do not think ahead. Huh. Um, they get involved. They go with the flow. They join the friends. They go with the fun is, And afterwards, they're sorry. Mm-hmm. And then it's too late. So in that context, I, I know one of my sons uh, is probably palm tree leaning. 
if I can use that metaphor. Yes, you can. <laughs> a leaning, a leaning palm tree. Leaning palm tree uh, but, but in that regard, uh, it's wise. And Jean, my wife, has done a wonderful job staying in touch with who are the friends, especially mm-hmm. in the teen years. Yes. Are these people that are the appropriate people that you want your son or daughter hanging out with? That could be hard, but I in in looking at the book and knowing the content, um, it's good for a parent to know the friend of the palm tree child, isn't it? Definitely. And you don't need to waste your time on trying to get them to be tidy and yeah. um, on time. It's not happening. <laughs> um, and it may not ever be necessary for them. God's going to give them a spouse who gets them in the car on time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm half joking, but not really. What, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying here is the good news is that you don't need to fix everything in this kid because half <laughs> of it's not broken. It just appears to be mm. um, because it's different from how you are. But the book helps you understand where is the part that's going to affect your child spiritually and morally the most because that's where it matters and that's where you can put in effort. But I'm telling you, the parent of a of a palm tree child. I mean, you got to fight that temptation to straighten out, straighten out, correct, <laughs> correct, correct, because yeah. it's constant. Yeah. And you're right. It's as if they don't hear you. Haven't I told you 14,000 times <laughs> to do this or that? And yeah, you did. But you know what? I just can't remember because I'm so happy to be here and I just want to play. Yeah. And it, that's kind of it, isn't it? That is it. But they have a willingness. They will not remember to clean the room, but they will generally comply when you ask. Listen, they do something about the conditions uh, behind this door. And if you can keep your instruction and your request light and seasoned with humor, they respond well. Now, the difficulty there, Hetty, is that we equate our parenting as being insufficient then mm-hmm. if we're being too light. Speak to that, especially the Christian parent. We know what is right. We know what to expect. Yes. We know, even though it's not in the Bible, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in there, folks, but we treat it that way. How do we, as you say, treat it light? I mean, these are core things. If they don't know how to clean their room, Hetty, I mean, they won't succeed in life. I mean, there are some good (laughs) values in that, correct? There are some good values in there, but I think that is the thing. We need to distill it and say, what is the godly characteristic that I'm trying to grow And how do I grow it in a way that suits this child? Because if I want them to be respectful, there are other ways to do that. If I want them to take good care of possessions, there's another way to do that. It doesn't mean they need to put their books in the shelf the way I want them put in the shelf. And these kids will test your resolve on these things. And Mm -hmm. very often they will tell you, what does it matter if the book lies flat or stands up straight? And then we think about it a little bit and we realize it's just the way it's always been done. And that's probably not a good reason. (laughs) Um, Oh, I've used that very line. That really cuts let's move to rosebush we've got the playful palm tree and now let's go to the rosebush child there's lots of imagery that you know it's beautiful but it's prickly um, what does it mean yes. to be the rosebush oh child you, this baby is born and the mom had all of these ideas of this baby on the breast and they're cuddling in in the bed you know and they're just this baby just Ooing loves to cooing. be close. and then it bites you know this <laughs> this baby bites and doesn't want to be held and doesn't want to be huh. uh put to sleep on on your shoulder and just wants to be left alone, kicks and screams and fights to sleep. And suddenly you don't know if you're going to be needed. And that's the feeling you're going to have for the years to come because this baby is going to prove I'm already grown up. Mm. We jokingly say they're born with a sign on their forehead that says, I'm the boss, can't you read? (laughs) And then because we struggle to accept that, there is a power struggle. Mm. So this is our power struggle, Kate, but this child is wired to be a Paul one day, to be the one who gets a vision from God, a message from his sending soul group, and from the angels saying, trouble awaits, and he goes, therefore I must go. I must go and glorify God. In, in those difficult things. This is what this child is wired for. Huh. So, of course, 
this child is going to be pushing those boundaries and is going to be asking why and why not and why shouldn't I? Yeah. Um, very, very strong world and very, um, very often just really make you proud. Um, I got a message from a mom yesterday who hasn't read the book uh, from South Africa, and she said, listen, I, I know I'm new to this parenting thing. She's a single mom. She had the baby as a teen, and she says, just tell me if I'm doing something wrong because my daughter went to school yesterday, and the teacher wanted to teach them the principle of tallest to shortest. It was a math concept, and she is the tallest, and she ended up being in the back, and she refused to go to school today because she had to stand in the back, and she said that she will go to school to get, today if she can walk on her knees into the classroom because she's never going to stand in the back again and looked at her mom very seriously and said, I'm an in front sort of a person, mom. <laughs> and <laughs> how old is this child? Five. Five. Oh, oh man. We yeah. need to pray for that mom. Yeah, definitely. But, so how, how, how does a mom in a healthy way manage that to let her know it's okay to stand up in the back? That's a good thing you're tall. <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Um, you create their territory and the territory of the teacher or the other authority figure, including yourself, they will back off when they know that an authority figure is in control of a certain area. But they have to be more in control than the rosebush child. Yes. So, <laughs> so parenting yeah. them in this very gentle me message thing where we say to our rosebush, so I don't feel like you're respecting me right now. Um, what that elicits in a little rosebush is you are pathetic. I want to put my teeth in your jugular and put you out of your misery because you are suffering, you're struggling as a parent. That's really how they respond. They want you to stand up tall, not go down to their level and speak to them gently. They want you to look bigger, sound bigger, and be ready to help them run their life. They mm-hmm. are not secure in an environment where you are insecure. Yeah, I, like that. I mean, that is fascinating. And we're going to come back. We're nearing the end today. We're going to come back next time and finish the other two. But, and then we'll talk about some of the parenting combos that go along with this. Uh, jumping ahead a little bit, I would think a, a palm tree playful mom, for example, would really struggle with a rose bush son. <laughs> they would have fun together and compete a lot because both of them can can do that. But when it comes to discipline, I think it's predictable who's going to run the house. Is <laughs> the young Rosebush. Yes. Yeah, that is, is tough. It, po- Mention uh, the discipline side of that mm-hmm. uh, to finish off the rosebush. How does a parent get that control uh, to the extent that's healthy? You definitely pick your battles, but you also train them to, by giving them the responsibility, by giving them some challenges, by giving them some choices where you can live with both outcomes. Hattie, uh, speaking of the uh, rosebush child, of course, I'm thinking of all of this in a, a teen context. I don't know how you're trying Which seems to make the thorns all the more prickly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thorns in the teen years seem to get bigger and longer and more sticky. Uh, but in that regard, when it comes to communicating with that rosebush child, uh, you share that long-winded explanations can frustrate a rosebush child. And you're saying that, but describe that and give me a story. They just really want um, the bottom line. They will, they will complete your sentence for you if you do not get to the point real quick. They will even say, just finish it off. And this little girl that I spoke of earlier was standing on a stage when each little three-year-old, when she was three, had to say what they want to become someday. And she got annoyed with the other kids on the stage being you know, scared of the microphone and intimidated by the crowd. And she walked up to the teacher and said, um, can't you see they're scared? He's called Andrew. He wants to be a fireman. She's called such and such. And this is what she wants to be. And she just introduced the entire group of kids and 
got done with it yeah. because it was so just kind too of annoying. Take it to the bottom line. <laughs> yes. But but really, what should a mom or a dad do if their inclination? Let's just say I have a friend who would <laughs> like to give long sermon esque answers to kids. What what should we do if our child is a rosebush and says, "Forget that. I don't want to hear anymore," or finishes the sentences? What's a good way to approach that? We need to give them language to say that in a more respectful manner. An alternative such as, can you explain to me what you want me to do next? Hmm. That's <laughs> another <will>. way of <laughs> that finishing like off I'm the empowering them, though, Hattie. Yes, it is empowering them because we need them to move things along. That's mm. their design. So it's not all wrong, but they're not allowed to do that in a way that is disrespectful. Mm. That's a good word. Um, you're a rosebush mom. I think you self-described <laughs> in the book that way. How does that affect uh, the way you interact with your kids? Describe your kids. Well, none of them are roses. Well, my youngest one has a good dose of rose, and we butt heads every now and again. But being mindful that I can be impatient and that I can be sharp-tongued and that my thorns can come out too, I need to do a lot of work and ask, how did I come across just now? And read their body language and read their faces, because sometimes I just go too far. Yeah. In a home that's experiencing this kind of tension that we've described, and I'll speak to you, the listener, if this is your house, if this is what you're living in, and you haven't been able to really figure it out, I hope that this is hitting it, that you're hearing uh, not just a description of what's going on for you, but hopefully practical advice and how to think differently. Describe those triggers that you have to use, Hattie, as a rosebush mom with your children that are palm trees and the other trees that we'll yeah. get to tomorrow. How do you trigger yourself to not go to your natural mm. default, let's fight, you want to fight? I'm up for the fight, <laughs> I'm a rosebush, I can stick you. How, how do you pull back from that natural instinct of your, I, I think, fleshly nature, actually, not your God-inspired nature of joy, peace, love, goodness, <laughs> kindness. How do you pull out of the humanness to do something better? It starts with the realization that my child is not less important than I am to God and that my child's feelings and needs are valid and that as a parent I need to respect those even in the way I speak. So it is Mm. about not assuming I am right because I'm the parent. Mm -hmm. Hattie, I mean, this has been so good. Uh, We're going to come back next time and finish the other two. We've got the, the palm tree the rose bush. We still have the boxwood. And w- just quickly, what is the boxwood? Um, this is uh, these are these shrubs that you can prune into any shape you like. They are the topiary trees and the decorative trees. Uh, their wood is also used to make chase pieces and fine tuning uh, uh, forks for for instruments. So wow! They are the fine tuners and the. Hmm. So are they exacting precision people? Oh, yes. Okay, so these are our engineers. (laughs) There's one way to do something, and it's not your way. It's my way. (laughs) Is that right? I think I might have one of those, too. And then we have that pine tree, which is that calm, laid-back, kind of slow-moving person. How's that different from the palm tree? How's the pine tree different from the palm tree? Both of them are people-focused, but the pine is uh, happy to be alone as well. doesn't need to be uh, the center of attention, Ah. but wants to be included, even if it is from the sidelines. They love having their people around them, but they don't necessarily speak a lot. All right. So uh, come back next time as we describe more of these children descriptions and you as a parent, how to recognize your style and how to engage these children. 
this has been really good, Hetty. I've got one more quick question for you. Uh, what is kind of that last word today that you'd want to say to a parent who's connected with this now and is looking forward to hearing tomorrow what you have to say? What if they are recognizing where they may have fallen down? What's the encouragement? That God is uh, shaping both you and your child through the dissonance that you experience uh, because your temperament is not the same as your child. And when you rub them up the wrong way, they still are growing through that, and so are you. It's a, not a bad thing necessarily. No. Everybody's growing in that environment. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for the privilege. And we do hope that you've enjoyed this uh, conversation about your child's personality, and uh, we're glad that Hetty will be joining us next time. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. This topic of nurturing your child's personality is always a firm favorite amongst our listeners. And Hetty's description of the tree-type personality traits is a good reminder of how our personalities can affect our parenting, especially when we're faced with an opposite personality type in our child. I want to recommend a fantastic resource by Hetty Brits. It's called Finding Your Way in the Jungle. This little resource combines all the information from the tree type temperaments that you were hearing about into an easy to use booklet. You can discover how to use kids' God-given personalities to guide them on their spiritual journeys and firmly establish their identity and purpose in Christ. You'll find it online at safamily.co.za or call us on 031-716-3300 to order. Now, I'd like to invite you to support our match campaign this month, where any donations we receive in February will be matched by generous friends of the ministry. As it's our tax year end and as a public benefit organization with Section 18A status, there's already a tax benefit in supporting us. And in this case, you can also enjoy the knowledge that your gift is being doubled. Details on how to make a donation can be found on our website at safamily.co.za or please feel free to give us a call on 031-716-3300. And while you're visiting our website, please check out the details of our upcoming tour of events with Rob Parsons, also happening in February. Hetty will be back for part two of this program tomorrow, so I hope you'll join us for that. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back then when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.